I have an odd thought for you. I want to share it with you and then spend the bulk of the podcast explaining my odd thought. The odd thought is the title of the podcast. This is it. The purpose of suffering is to grow your confidence in God. That's what the Bible teaches, and I want to support that with the Bible. So I hope you will stay with me throughout this podcast. The title of it again, and the article on the website if you want to take more time and read what I'm sharing with you word for word. But it is the purpose of suffering is to grow your confidence in God. All of us struggle with this idea of suffering, and it's easy to ask the why question, and that's an appropriate question to ask when you're going through one of the more disappointing times of your life. But the why question is answered, and we want to make sure that we understand what God is doing, not just what God is doing, but God is there, and He is working in your life. There is a purpose in the pain, but whenever uh, the wheels or whenever the train goes off the tracks, uh, it's hard to recalibrate your mind to bibliocentric thinking and and applying to your life. And so I hope that this podcast will help you. If you are suffering, I I know that you want more answers than what I can provide, but I really just want to do one thing for you in this podcast is I want to provide hope. Hope is the starting place for all of our endeavors. Hope is especially the starting place when we are going through suffering. If you're not going through suffering and so you're not distracted by the storm or by the because there's a not a storm in your life, then this will be good for you. You will be able to focus well. And I trust that it will be preventative to you for when your season comes back around and it's your time in the crucible. And as always, if you're helping someone, well, then this is the perfect podcast because it doesn't matter who you're helping. They're suffering. They're disappointed about something, whether big or small. And so this will be a helpful podcast to situate them at the right place as they begin to process what is going on in their lives. Thank you so much for joining me. I am Rick Thomas. You're listening to Your Daily Drive. This is the podcast where I put all of our articles on our website in audio format so that you can listen on the go. If you want to find our articles, we do have a new website. We launched our website around Halloween of 2019, and so it has been up for a while now. This is the Christmas season of 2019. But if you want a quick uh, link to get to our articles, then if you look in the side column, not on the home page, but every other page of the website, there's a side column there. In fact, if you on the home page, if you just scroll down just a little bit to the middle of the home page, you'll see the same link. But there is a link in the middle of the home page, and then there is a link in the side column of every other page on our website. And it says this, read our articles. And if you click on that link, it will take you to one page that has all of our articles topically 
laid out for you. They're in nice categories and subcategories. And so you can look for the category, like say suffering, and then you can click on a link and it will take you to a series of articles on our website about suffering. Marriage, disappointment, life issues, whatever it is, you'll see it all laid out on that one page. Now, if you want to find the most recent articles on our website, well, that is easy as pie to do because if you go to the same page again, click on the link that says read our articles in the side column of every page on our website except for the home page. On the home page, you'll find the same link, the same icon in the middle of the page that says read our articles. And if you click on it, It'll take you to this topic index page. It has all, all of our articles laid out. And if you look in the upper left corner of the topic index page, you will see a, uh, the words current articles. And then under that, it'll say the word blog roll. And if you click on blog roll, it will take you, it'll take you to the first listing of all the latest articles. And so if you're listening to, if you want to read this article that I have for you here right now, today, tomorrow, before I write another one, it will actually be at the top of the page of the blog roll link. And so if you click blog roll, you will read the most recent article. And then, of course, the next one is under that and that. And then there's one under that and on and on and on. And, and you can get all of our articles in the order in which they are in which they were released. Now, of course, there's a hundred plus pages of these, but if you want the most current one, that's on the first page, and it will be at the very top under the link blog roll. So I hope that helps you because it's the most popular page on our website by a long shot because that's where all the articles are. And so click the link that says read our articles and you are right there and you can look under the topics and see uh, what you're interested in and, and then you can read whatever that I have written for you there. Now you can also go in the search box. There's a, a little uh, hourglass, um, what do you call it? Not an hourglass, but a uh, magnifying glass and if you click on the magnifying glass uh, a box will pop out and you can type in a word or a phrase and so if you're looking for a specific word or phrase you can click on the little magnifying glass and type in the box and all the articles that pertain to the word or the phrase that you are looking for will be listed for you as well let me get to this article the purpose of suffering here it is, is to grow your confidence in God. Now, this would be an excellent assessment tool for you and those whom you serve, that as you or they are going through something, you can uh, take your barometer and see, are they growing in confidence in God or are they weakening in their confidence in God? And depending on the answer to that question, well, it will let you know if they understand the purpose of their suffering. Here's the thing. Everybody suffers. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter who you belong to. There's only two families that you can belong to. You either belong to the world, which is Satan's family, or you belong to the body of Christ, which is God's family. 
But it doesn't matter when it comes to suffering. It doesn't matter which family you belong to. Everybody suffers. Suffering is suffering. And nobody is exempt from it. That was one of my first disappointments with the Lord. I frame it that way because I didn't know anything about the Bible, did not know John 3.16 when God regenerated me. And so after regeneration, after I was born a second time, I experienced disappointment in my Christian experience. Something did not go according to my plan, and I, and I thought that I was going to have a perfect life and everything was just going to be okie-dokie from that point forward. Well, some people can think that way. I am now a Christian, and I'm going to have a certain kind of life. Well, no, no, you won't. You will not have the kind of life that you wanted. It will always be different from what you expected. And again, it doesn't matter which family you belong to, Satan's or God's family. Now, there is a difference as far as you know, Christians and non-Christians, and that's how we view and respond to it. When the world suffers or the worldly person suffers, what they do, they lose hope. And you'll see that as you hear them talk. You don't hear hope as part of the conversation when they're talking about whatever they're going through. But when God's children suffer, they grow in confidence that God is there and God is working on the believer's behalf. And that's what Paul teaches us, and I'll get into that in just a moment, but it's why I titled the podcast and the article, The Purpose of Suffering is to Grow Your Confidence in God. But when the worldly person suffers, I'm calling a worldly person an unregenerate person, but it could be a Christian worldly person because they're trying to resolve what they're going through by using worldly tactics. And if that's what is happening, then I promise you, you will not get the desired outcome and you will live in perpetual disappointment. Let me give you an example of the world responding to suffering It's when a person is not comfortable in their own skin. Now, this is something that is popularized today. You you read about it everywhere. And let me give you let me talk specifically about what I'm saying. A worldly person who doesn't feel comfortable in their own skin, for example, will advocate for changing the laws so that so that they can say that there are more than two genders. I'm talking about a person who is a male but wants to be a female or feels like a female or whatever that means. They just feel uncomfortable in their own skin, and they learn through the educational system and the media that really what is going on is is you should be someone else. And so rather than dealing with the legitimate problem, and please hear me, this is a legitimate problem— that they feel inside of themselves, what they choose to do is to exchange the truth of God for a lie. And so they begin to change the laws. And now you can have any kind of gender that, that you want. There is literally an unlimited number of genders that you can have. You can just They're making up them as we go along. What they don't perceive is how legislating morality does not solve the problem, but it makes things worse. And the shalom of the soul that they long for escapes them. What do they do? They double down by blaming and excusing and justifying and rationalizing God's truth. 
and they're never able to find what they desire. And as you understand this illustration, because you it, it is so popularized and it's, it is so ubiquitous that we're confronted with the gender issues virtually every day of our lives, you, you know that this is a problem and you can see very clearly how uh, changing the law, for example, or, or saying that there are more than two genders, you can clearly see how that kind of manipulation, it will never give them what they want. It will only exacerbate and perpetuate the problem that they have when the problem that they have is, is solved by not exchanging the truth of God for a lie. And though you can understand my illustration, you and I are guilty of doing similar things. The believer feels and experiences the exact things as the unbeliever. But rather than our trials dismantling us, we grow in confidence. We go grow in hope and rest and peace. And that's what makes us different from the world Trials should never cause you to doubt God's salvation, God's love, God's grace through Christ toward you as a believer. Your tests form the backdrop that identifies where you place your hope. If suffering does tempt you to alter the truth like the unbeliever, and again, you and I are guilty of that because we will, on some occasions, maybe more occasions than we want to just think is true for us, but on some occasions, our, our first attempt to fix what is going on, for, uh, uh, going on in our lives is to do it the, the way of the world. And if suffering tempts you to alter God's truth so you can get your preferred best life now, you're not thinking rightly about trials. When seen through the lens of God's caring sovereignty, the suffering that happens to you not only proves his love toward you, but it steadies you through the storm. For the believer, the tests that come to you, honestly, they show that you are a Christian because suffering matures your faith. Better said, God is growing your faith through the things that you suffer because you know that it is God who is allowing your difficulties. Your reaction is to be diligent, enduring, and a patient student. I'm not saying you have to like or enjoy what is happening to you. Nobody likes suffering. But the real question is whether you're going to become stronger or weaker by the things that you suffer. And it is the heat in your life that will reveal where you are with God. When I went through the harshest trials of my life, I appealed to God to help me learn what, what he wants to teach me. I did not like what was happening to me, and I certainly wanted the quickest escape from the ordeal. But I know that I knew that God was in it and that He had something for me. The Christian has this kind of sovereign clarity during their suffering, and if they are teachable, they will not only learn the lesson, but they will be better because of the trial. 
the result of this kind of perspective and practice is the realization of the full assurance of hope. You cannot have full hope in God without suffering. It is the storm that takes your faith to this level. Can you see how your trials are the crucible in which God forms maturity, in which God matures your assurance in him? Listen to how God, uh, how Paul talked about this life-changing truth. In 2 Corinthians 4, 8 and 9, he said this, We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not despairing. Do you hear in this verse how suffering comes, but it doesn't take you down? It doesn't take you down a notch, but yet suffering actually elevates you. You see, everybody suffers. Paul says we are afflicted in every way. Everybody is afflicted, but he's talking to Christians here. He says afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not despairing, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed. In Romans 8.38, Paul talked similarly when he said this in 8.38 Romans. He said, for I am convinced. Do you hear that? Convinced. That, that is a faith word. This is a, it is strong faith. You hear the strength in that statement. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. You know Paul's story. He suffered in ways that few people can imagine. And the Lord permitted affliction, perplexity, persecution in Paul's life. And the great apostle to us, the Gentiles, is letting us know that none of those things will ever separate us from the love of God. Can you feel Paul's confidence. He did not come to this confident place apart from suffering. It was suffering that brought him to the fullest assurance, the realization of the full assurance of hope. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine. Some of you who struggle with the assurance of salvation need to listen to what Paul is saying. You see, the context of this passage of Scripture of Romans 8 is situated in our salvation because he backs up to 828, which you are familiar with, that all things work together for good. And then he gives us this golden chain right under that in verses 29 and 30, those whom he called and sanctified and glorified. And so we see these links in this nice golden chain of our salvation. And so he's talking about our salvation and then he wants to let us know that no matter what is happening to you, you will not lose that. 
And some of you who struggle with your salvation, you need to hunker down in Romans 8, the back half of it. Start with 28, that's fine. And really meditate on these passages of Scripture. I want you in this podcast to feel. I want you to hear Paul's confidence, but that confidence, it, it became mature. He grew, That confidence was grown through the suffering. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword, just as it is written for your sake? We are being put to death all day long. We were considered as sheep to the slaughter. But in all these things, we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. I am convinced Do you? we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us and all of this suffering that was going on. The title of the podcast is The Purpose of Suffering is to Grow Your Confidence in God. 21st century Christians can become so comfortable with their preferred life that they forget why God will allow awful things into their lives. Rather than becoming a student of the trial, they choose to become part of the resistance, which is the way of the world. They fear that they will drown in disappointment, and they choose the wrong methods to extricate themselves from their trouble. I use an exaggerated illustration. It's not exaggerated. Exaggerated. It's very much real, but it's probably not something that that is applicable to you, the one about changing your genders and so forth. But when you bring it down to a more mundane level, we do the exact. We do a, a similar thing. But none of these things that happen to you will overcome you. There is no trial or suffering that can take away a believer's salvation or derail them permanently in their progressive growth in God. The idea of being overcome is when the trials wear you down to the point to where you chuck your faith. A true believer is eternally secure And God won't allow the loss of a relationship with him to happen. He will keep you. Assurance in God is what Paul wants you to know, and it's what he wants you to experience. The question becomes, what convinced Paul of the security of his relationship with God? Why was he so assured that God had this and he would be okay? Powerfully and ironically, it was Paul's experience of tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, sword, death, life, angels, principalities, things present, things to come, powers, height, depth, and created things. He went through it all, and none of it stole the assurance of his salvation. Are you hearing what he is saying? Paul says, I've been through it all, and I'm still confident. It was the pain that assured me. It was the heartbreak that bolstered my confidence in the Lord to keep and to sustain me. What convinces you? Does God's word bring a similar kind of assurance to you? 
most people, if they were honest and, and in their most vulnerable time, would say they are assured of God's, uh, God's uh, love and assurance and uh, God's uh, being there for them is when they're going through good, good times, when things are going well. And we say it, God is good. And there's nothing wrong with that in a vacuum. But, but how often, I mean, is, is this how you think when things are not going well? The Bible teaches how you can know God's faithfulness and your guarantee of a relationship with him amid adversity. I want to share with you a a few verses that communicate this from Scripture. And again, it's all written out here, and you're you're welcome to read. But these verses, I, I, I appeal to you to read these verses as a sufferer. Not as one who's going through good times. Let me let me give you an example. Psalm forty, verse eleven: You, O Lord, will not withhold your compassion from me. Your loving kindness and your truth will constantly preserve me. You can read that verse in a season of victory and say yes and amen. That's easy to do, to be honest with you. And so I want you to hear these verses as a sufferer. And if you're not one now, just imagine what it would be like. And let God, God's word bolster your faith to give you a confidence like you hear from Paul. I gave you Psalm 40, verse 11. Here's Psalm 18, 35, 36. You have also given me the shield of your salvation, and your right hand upholds me, and your gentleness makes me great. You enlarge my steps under me, and my feet have not slipped. 54, 4. Behold, God is my helper. The Lord is the sustainer of my soul. 119 verses 116 and 17. Sustain me according to your word that I may live, and do not let me be ashamed of my hope. Uphold me that I may be safe, that I may have regard for your statutes continually. Psalm 32, 7. You are my hiding place. You preserve me from trouble. You surround me with songs of deliverance. 2 Thessalonians 3.3, But the Lord is faithful, and he will strengthen and protect you from the evil one. The primary question that any sufferer must answer is about their hope. Where do you place it? What gives you confidence? In the beginning, I talked about the worldly sufferer placing their faith in their self-reliant means to change the laws, even if it meant exchanging the truth of God for a lie. Their effort is futile and dark and alienated from the grace of God. As a longtime sufferer, I know the temptation is to say, I will feel better when my circumstances change. And there is some truth to that statement. Anyone would feel better when things change to a favorable outcome. But fallen people living in a fallen world must have hope in something else because we'll never get all that we want. And it's intellectually dishonest to say, yeah, but if I did not suffer this way, I would feel better. I mean, there are some trials I could accept, just not this one. Do, do, you still, do you see how you're still trying to orchestrate life according to your terms? This tactic of being happy when you have things your way will not work. 
Nobody gets life always according to their wishes. We're all submitted to suffering. But you can, cho- you can choose who you want to trust with your problems. If you decide the worldly method of never being happy until you get your preferred life, you'll never be satisfied. If you learn the lesson from Paul, you will grow in confidence no matter how life falls out for you. There is hope because you have not placed it in a preferred outcome but in the Lord Almighty. This lesson is one of the hardest you'll ever learn in your life. I know this to be true. It is why I wrote the book, Suffering Well. It is my autobiographical journey through the things that this podcast is communicating. I had a preferred life, but God permitted others to snatch it away from me. My initial response was the worldly way out of my trouble. And like everyone else who has ever tried that, it fell flat and my soul turned in turmoil. God, the persevering one, stayed with me. No matter how awful my decisions were, God was there waiting. After exhausting my deceptive, manipulative plans, I asked God to help me. I knew he had an idea in mind, though I had no clue what it was. And that is where you began. Listen to Hebrews 5. In the days of Jesus' flesh, he offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverence. Although he was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered. And being made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation to all who obey him. Do you hear what this passage is saying here? Jesus cried up loud cries with tears to him who was able to save him from death. And God Almighty heard him. And even though he heard him, Jesus had to die. Jesus learned obedience through the things that he suffered. I have some questions here at the end of this podcast. I would love for you to get on this article and read it carefully, read it slowly, and then do the call to action. The purpose of suffering is to grow your confidence in God. Your Daily Drive is a production of rickthomas.net, a global community that is seeking to live more productive and inspiring lives. If you'd like to learn more about our community, please go to rickthomas.net, rickthomas.net.